the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The U.S. warns Russia may step up attacks on Ukraine's Independence Day. The Russians go crazy uh, over uh, dates uh, and symbols, Hmm. uh, and it's true. President Biden expected to make student loan forgiveness decisions today. I think the political writing is clearly on the wall. Liz Cheney is apparently working with the Koch Network in a possible presidential campaign. Her mission is to prevent Trump from ever getting anywhere near the Oval Office. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, August 24th. I'm Mike Scott. On Tuesday, the U.S. warned U.S. citizens who may still be in Ukraine to leave, as intelligence reports seem to suggest Russia is stepping up efforts to launch missile strikes on Ukraine as its Independence Day nears. Today will mark Ukraine's Independence Day and the six-month anniversary of Russia's invasion, which began February 24th. Former Defense Secretary Leon Panetta joined Fox News discussing reports that Russia may accelerate attacks against Ukraine. There are two things that are coming uh, in at play here. One is Independence Day uh, tomorrow, which celebrates 31 years of their independence. Uh, And the second is obviously the killing of the daughter of this ultra-nationalist. And the Russians uh, say they're blaming uh, Ukrainian intelligence for having conducted that assassination. Uh, Those two things uh, obviously raise concerns that Russia is going to use tomorrow uh, as a uh, as a target for basically uh, going after Ukraine. And I think it's for that reason that uh, the alerts are going out not only to our citizens, but President Zelensky is also warning Ukrainians as well that there may be attacks. Panetta says it is his opinion that Vladimir Putin may think he will be the target of a similar car bomb attack that took the life of Daria Duniga, the daughter of Alexander Dugin, who is reported to be a close ultra-nationalist advisor to Vladimir Putin. If I were Vladimir Putin, I'd be very worried about uh, uh, what just happened. Uh, And uh, the sense that uh, ultimately, if there are those that are willing to uh, use violence against, uh, uh, you know, the the family of uh, an ultra-nationalist. This is an individual that comes very close to the top in Russia. So I would be worried, if I were Putin, that uh, he might be the target of similar attacks as well. That's, That's a real threat in Moscow. Panetta explains why the Russians are looking to use Ukraine Independence Day as the day for amping up their attacks. Yeah, you know, I think it was uh, the Ministry of Defense in Ukraine, somebody from there, said that the Russians go crazy uh, over uh, dates uh, and symbols. Hmm. Uh, And it's true. 
the Russians look for particular dates uh, to use it as a vehicle for attacks. Uh, so I think uh, tomorrow being Independence Day, uh, I would not be surprised to see the Russians taking action. I hope the Ukrainians aren't simply sitting back and waiting for these attacks. I hope the Ukrainians are also taking steps to go after uh, whatever targets they have uh, to try to show the Russians that they're just not going to sit there and take it from the Russians. Panetta, looking to the future, sees no quick end to the war in Ukraine. We're in a war of attrition at this point. We've gone through uh, several stages. We went through a failed invasion. We went through a failed siege warfare approach of just trying to brutally kill people and break uh, the Ukrainian will. And now we're in this war of attrition. And very frankly, it is certainly a war of attrition. Uh, Russia has made some advances, but they're also stalled. Right. Uh, and Ukraine is using it to target Russians. So we are in I think, for a long period of war here uh, that uh, who knows what the end result will be. Meanwhile, the U.S. plans to announce an additional roughly $3 billion package aid to train and equip Ukrainian forces to fight for years to come. That aid package is expected to be announced Wednesday as the day the war hits the six-month mark passes and Ukraine celebrates. On Tuesday, the National Archives released a letter suggesting that more than 700 pages of classified material were recovered in those 15 boxes from former President Donald Trump's home in Mar-a-Lago. The May 10 letter showed that the NARA and federal investigators had grown increasingly alarmed about the potential damage to national security caused by the warehousing of these documents at Mar-a-Lago. Reporter Jay O'Brien explains that some of the documents that were in the former president's possession should have been kept only in the most secure locations. Former President Donald Trump allegedly had more than 700 pages of classified material at his Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida, according to a letter sent in May from the National Archives to a lawyer representing Trump. That letter released today by the National Archives after it was first published by a conservative journalist confirms documents with the highest levels of classification intended to be stored and viewed in only the most secure settings were found at Trump's Florida home, which doubles as a club for paying members. O'Brien does go on to say that the former president is now seeking to appoint a special master to impartially review the documents taken. Trump has called the search unwarranted and is now asking another federal judge to stop the DOJ from reviewing the materials secured during the raid and to appoint an independent special master who can determine if Trump was entitled to possess any of the documents. The letter from the National Archives also shows the former president's legal team tried to claim the first set of classified documents returned in January were covered under executive privilege. That argument was ultimately rejected by the DOJ because only a sitting president can invoke executive privilege, and Trump was no longer in office. K.T. McFarland, the former Deputy National Security Advisor of the United States, joined the Salem Radio Network discussing the potential appointment of a special master. If I were the Justice Department and an honest player and not a partisan thug, I would, I would welcome this because... The Justice Department has a has a pretty bad reputation right now, as does the FBI, after the Russia hoax, all the things 
that they've done in the last several years. And if they want to clear their name, so to speak, and they have a good case to make, I would think they'd want an independent, neutral third party to look it over and say, okay, this is just fine. But if they don't, and I think that their response will tell us a lot. If they don't want to have a master reviewer, if they release information that's heavily redacted about the a warrant and all the justification for breaking into Trump, and then they continue to do the sort of dirty, dirty leaks out the back door to their favorites, um, to their favorite journalists at, you know, the, the New York Times and the Washington Post and the networks. If they continue to do that, then I think it just really fans the flame of the sure. biggest problem the country has right now is that they were so divided domestically. We're divided against each other. And instead of trying to lower the temperature, which President Trump called for last week, he said, let's just try to lower the temperature on this. They don't want They even came out and said, well, when Trump says he wants to lower the temperature, that's provocative. No, it's not. Let's just lower the temperature and complete transparency will show that they were in the right. My guess is they won't do it because they were not in the right. McFarland states that the same media journalists that pushed the Trump collusion narrative with Russia are now pushing the idea that the former president has classified documents. But again, transparency would do a lot to really lower the temperature. And instead, what you get are these leaks um, to this, their favorite, you know, the Justice Department and the FBI's favorite reporters. And, the, you know, you can, I mean, I, I scratched my head. I think I told you this before. And I said, guess these articles are sounding so familiar. So I went back and looked. And the, the leaked articles are the same ones, same reporters, who were writing with great assurance and surety that Trump had complete collusion with the Russians right, right. and therefore was in, you know, illegally elected. So it's the same people who are trying to peddle this again. And when they come out and say, well, 300, 500 classified documents, do you want to know what a classified document is? Every morning, the president's office puts out a schedule for the president. You know, 10 o'clock is meeting with the Finnish foreign minister. At noon, he's having lunch with the Automobile Association of America, that kind of stuff. That, right. by the way, is classified confidential. So if Trump just kept his daily calendar, that's confidential, and that could be 300 documents right there. McFarland explains that, ultimately, the president has the authority to declassify documents. And I've spent my entire career on classified information. The president has the ultimate authority. When I worked for President Reagan, when we wanted to declassify some very top-secret satellite imagery showing that the Russians um, were building a base on Grenada and potentially trying to get into the, into the American, you know, Western Hemisphere. We declassified very highly classified documents, and it's the President of the United States who personally signs off. So if somebody wants to make the argument, well, Donald Trump didn't sign the right form. Remember, he left the White House before he while he was still president, before the inauguration. Remember, he did not go to the inauguration. He was long Correct. gone a week before. So whatever he took with him would have been stuff classified under his administration and his term. So the fact that they're saying, well, you know, he didn't really declassify that stuff, really. In Las Vegas, New Mexico, crews have been working tirelessly to try and clear debris from the largest wildfire in the state's recorded history. Debris from the fire has now been washing into the river after torrential rains, choking off water supplies. Crews have been digging trenches so that the ash-laden runoff will not cause even more damage 
by contaminating drinking water for communities, and the clock is ticking. According to reports, the small city known for ranching and farming only has about 30 days of water left. In an effort to conserve what little drinking water they do have left, residents are showering with buckets, while the city itself is canceling events in hopes to discourage visitors coming to the city. Another nearby city, Trujillo, declared an emergency in late July, and New Mexico's governor followed with her own declaration that frees up funding to help pay for the installation of a temporary treatment system that will allow for water from a nearby lake to be used to supplement supplies. Reporter Angel Salcido of KOAT in New Mexico describes for us the dire situation. The situation still grim in Las Vegas. We're at about 30 days of uh, potable water supply. Just about three weeks ago, Mayor Luis Trujillo announced the city had 50 days of water left. The Hermit's Peak and Calf Canyon fire uh, did a lot of damage to the watershed. The ash and debris and the burn scar now making its way into their water. It's been raining every day. Why don't we have water? And it's simply because we can't pull any of that water off the river. We're asking our citizens to conserve uh, as much water as possible. So what's next for the city? Well, Mayor Trujillo tells me they're gathering parts to a water pretreatment facility here to use the 78 days of water they have gathered here at Story Lake. Our next step uh, is to get the water out of Story Lake. That would be that uh, that pretreatment device that's coming in. Salcido says that even federal authorities are stepping in to try and help the city. It's all to buy time for the real solution. We're working on a uh, searching for a filtration system, a permanent filtration system uh, to go up in, into the river uh, somewhere close to our treatment facility. In the meantime, FEMA delivered a supply of emergency water that some Las Vegas citizens said smelled and tasted funny. We did do some laboratory work over the weekend and we found that the water is 100% safe. There was no bacteria growing in it at all. Trujillo also says this year has been the best monsoon season in seven years, but they haven't been able to use any of that water because of the burn scar. At the end of July, several cities in New Mexico implemented stage six restrictions, meaning no more outdoor watering, no refilling of swimming pools. Restaurants cannot serve water to customers unless requested, and there are no new water accounts that can be activated. Today, President Joe Biden is expected to announce that he will cancel about $10,000 in federal student loans per borrower making less than $125,000 a year or less. According to reports, he's also expected to extend the federal student loan payment pause for several more months. CNBC anchor Shepard Smith explains what to potentially expect from the presidential announcement. Sources tell NBC News he's expected to slash up to $10,000 in federal student loan debt for borrowers who make less than $125,000 a year. The source also says the president will likely extend the pause on loan payments. They were supposed to resume next month. Mr. Biden, of course, campaigned on canceling student debt. And critics say his expected announcement tomorrow falls short of what he promised then. Smith goes on to say that many critics are concerned that Student loan forgiveness will compound inflation. Well, not everybody, he said. 
just making those making a less than 125 grand. Timing is everything. Midterm elections are 11 weeks away, and the president's facing a ton of pressure to deliver something on this issue. But many critics warn canceling student loan debt could make inflation even worse. In a tweet, former President Obama's top economic advisor Larry Summers wrote, Student loan debt relief is spending that raises demand and increases inflation. It consumes resources that could be better used helping those who did not, for whatever reason, have the chance to attend college. Reporter Perry Russum breaks down the polling numbers that suggest most of America may not be on board with student loan debt forgiveness. New CNBC polling finds 32% of people say all student loans should be forgiven. 34% say it should be for those in need. And 30% say no forgiveness. The polling finds there's dividing concern on the possible effects on inflation. 81% of Republicans and 41% of Democrats say loan forgiveness will make inflation worse. Although the president is expected to follow through on a campaign promise to address student debt, the move falls way short of the $50,000 in cancellations that some progressive Democrats have called for. I'm going to make sure that everybody in this generation gets $10,000 knocked off of their student debt as we try to get out of this god-awful pandemic. However, the Federalist Emily Jashinsky joined News Nation and says that, in her opinion, the move is simply about midterm politics. It's not just a PR stunt. It's coming towards the fall of a midterm election cycle that is very bad for the president's party. And he sort of dangled this along throughout his presidency. We're about halfway in. We kept hearing it was going to happen and it's going to happen. And now we're seeing it happen before the midterm election cycle. So I think the political writing is clearly on the wall. And on top of that, I think actually we can all agree that the cost of higher education is the the sort of paramount concern here. Jashinsky also explains that forgiving student loan debt doesn't address the core issue of the rising cost of college tuition. When you forgive student loans like this, which people consciously borrowed, you are creating no incentive for our system of higher education to reform and to take price down. This is exactly the kind of thing that will bankrupt more students down the line in the near future and in the far future because it doesn't do anything about the incentive system when the government is forgiving loans and giving out so many loans that are then possibly going to be forgiven. The cost of higher education, schools can continue charging extreme, I mean, we're talking extreme amounts of money. Roughly 45 million Americans have student loan debt. The Federal Reserve estimates that in the second quarter of 2022, Americans owed more than $1.7 trillion in student loans. A former Louisville police officer is pleading guilty in the Breonna Taylor case. Daybreak Insider's Lisa Dwyer has more on this story. A former Louisville police detective who helped falsify the warrant that led to the deadly police raid at Breonna Taylor's apartment has pleaded guilty to a federal charge. Federal investigators say Kelly Goodlett added a false line to the warrant and later conspired with another detective to create a cover story when Taylor's 2020 shooting death by police began gaining national attention. Taylor was shot to death by officers who knocked down her door while executing a drug search warrant. Goodlett admitted to conspiring with another Louisville police officer to falsify falsify the warrant. I'm Lisa Dwyer. Well, she may be running. According to some reports, Republican Representative Liz Cheney has amassed a group of political consultants with ties to the expansive Koch network 
seemingly ready to signal serious consideration of a run for the White House. For her part, Cheney, after losing her GOP primary for her Wyoming House seat, has not confirmed a run yet definitively. I think it also tells you uh, that large portions of our party, including the leadership of our party, both at a state level in Wyoming, as well as on a national level with the RNC, is, is uh, very sick. Any decision that I make uh, about doing something that significant and that serious would be with the intention of winning and because I think I would be the best candidate. She lost that Republican nomination in a landslide race last week to one of Donald Trump's picks, Wyoming lawyer Harriet Hageman. Chris Whipple, a political commentator, joined with News Nation to discuss the prospects that Liz Cheney may have in 2024. Well, there are a lot of ifs involved in this and, and a lot of uh, a lot of ways this could uh, play out. But I, I do think that you're absolutely right. Her mission is to prevent Trump from ever getting anywhere near the Oval Office. She'll do whatever she thinks is the is the smartest way to to accomplish that. Uh, there, there no question that it would be risky, could be risky, depending on the circumstances, if she ran as an independent and siphoned votes away from Joe Biden or whoever the Democratic nominee may be. Uh, George H.W. Bush went to his grave convinced that Ross Perot had cost him the election against Bill Clinton. Uh, you know, the estimates were 19 percent of the vote. So there's there's no doubt that she would be extremely she would be conscious of that and very careful to avoid uh, ending up uh, with Trump back in the Oval Office. The husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has been sentenced to five days in jail and three years probation after pleading guilty to a misdemeanor drunk driving charge. Paul Pelosi, the husband of House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, pleaded guilty today to a DUI charge in California. And the State Highway Patrol released video of his arrest back in May. The 82-year-old businessman avoided more jail time and will instead serve one day in a court work program. An interlock ignition device will be kept on his car. He's also been on, will be on probation for three years. Paul Pelosi has already served two days in jail following his DUI arrest and has also received conduct credit for two other days. The judge presiding over his sentencing states that he will perform eight hours of work for the remaining day. In July, sales of new homes in the U.S. plunged more than expected, while prices still remain high. According to new reports, the lackluster sales are the lowest level in six years as rising mortgage rates and the relentless increase in home values slowed activity by edging prospective home buyers out of the market. For new single-family homes, total purchases have tumbled more than 12%, according to a report from the Commerce Department, marking the sixth consecutive month of declines. Sales of new U.S. single-family homes plunged to a six-and-a-half-year low in July as steep mortgage rates and house prices strain affordability. The housing market is the sector hardest hit by the aggressive interest rate increases delivered by the Fed to tame inflation by slowing economic activity. A Tuesday report from the Commerce Department showed new home sales tumbled 12.6% to a seasonally adjusted annual rate of 511,000 units last month, making it the lowest level since January 2016. 
Sales rose in the Northeast, but dove in the West and the Midwest, as well as the South, dropping nearly 30% on a year-on-year -year basis in July. Tuesday's report added to a stream of weak housing data. Last week, a report showed single-family houses starts in July, which account for the biggest share of home building, tumbled to a two-year low. Mortgage rates, which move in tandem with the U.S. Treasury yields, have soared this year. The 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is averaging 5.13%, up from 3.22% at the start of 2022. Despite slowing demand, house prices remain strong. The median new house price in July was $439,400, an 8.2% jump from a year ago. Retailer Macy's is trimming its expectations for the year, despite topping expectations in its most recent quarter as it faces a glut of unsold inventory that has afflicted almost the entire retail sector. American shopping habits are also changing, and stores are feeling it. Daybreak Insider National Correspondent Rita Foley has more on this story. Consumers are wrestling with higher prices, inflation's hovering near four-decade highs, and that's being felt across the retail sector, with few exceptions. Shoppers are trading down. They're buying cheaper brands, looking for discounts, and even making fewer visits to stores. They're cutting back on new clothing, electronics, furniture, and almost everything else that's not absolutely necessary. Macy's is reporting its sales slipped about 1% in the second quarter, but that was better than expected. It's cutting prices as it tries to unload a glut of unsold inventory. I'm Rita Foley. A team pilot is on track for a solo global flight around the world. Could be a world record. Daybreak Insider's Bernie Bennett has more on this high-flying story. Belgian-British teenager Mark Rutherford, who turned 17 during the journey, touched down at Bouzet Airstrip near the city of Charleroi, where he originally learned to fly. He's due to land in Bulgaria on Wednesday. His aim? To displace Travis Ludlow of Britain, who was 18 when he set the record in 2021. Rutherford is flying a Shark, one of the fastest ultralight aircraft in the world, with a cruising speed reaching 186 miles an hour. If all goes well and weather permitting, He'll fly east across Europe via Slovakia and land at the airport in the Bulgarian capital of Sofia on Wednesday. Bernie Bennett reporting. And finally. Due to severe drought conditions in a dried up river, dinosaur tracks from around 113 million years ago have been revealed at Dinosaur Valley State Park in Texas. Here's what Texas was going through, an historic drought. 93% of the state was in drought, 62% in the worst two categories, extreme and exceptional. So what did that do? That brought all of the rivers down. That made all of the farming and the ranching nearly impossible without trucking and water and certainly trucking and food because nothing was really growing. While the water was going down in the rivers, something else was being exposed. Dinosaur prints. Dinosaur prints. Now, these are not recent. <laughs> these are 113 million years old. 113 million, in Mike. Dinosaur Valley, about an hour southwest, about an hour southwest of um, about Fort Worth. Um, and so they know that these were here. There's a state park there. But with the water being so low, they were actually able to find more. They found an herbivore. 
plant eater, and they found a similar relative to a T-Rex, a meat eater. So we don't know which one won, but I have a pretty good idea. Wow, we're, that's we're, remarkable. <laughs> They're extremely well preserved. Yes, uh, it's a stone from all this. Chad it's, Myers. It's, it's limestone. I mean, it, this isn't like mud or silt. This is going to be here forever. Yeah. Prehistoric tracks aren't the only thing that has been turning up as water levels continue to fall across the West. Five sets of human remains have been discovered at Lake Mead in Nevada in recent months, as the reservoir has dropped to about 27% of its full capacity. And the discoveries aren't just concentrated in the U.S., in eastern Serbia. Dozens of German warships still laden with explosives were exposed in the drying Danube River. A prehistoric stone circle dubbed the Spanish Stonehenge was revealed in the diminishing Valdeconis Reservoir in rural Spain. And Buddhist statues, believed to be 600 years old, were found in the depleted Yangtze River in China. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.